1: Hello, my diva nation, and welcome back to Diva Behavior, the podcast. This week, we are talking all about Ellen DeGeneres, and we're going to attempt to make sense of the question, is Ellen evil? Ellen's been pretty much the most beloved figure on daytime TV since 2003 when her show began. You know, this is far from the first big scandal in her career. Most people before her talk show knew her as the disgraced sitcom star of a show that was named after her. It was called Ellen because when she came out in 1997, she was basically blacklisted from the entertainment industry for years. It was terrible. She came out with a Time Magazine profile, and at the same time, her TV character came out, and people could not handle it. Her career was ruined. She didn't get any work for years. Conservative commentators were using her as a scapegoat. They were using her to push their homophobic agenda, and it was just a nightmare for her. So then she mounted a comeback. She played Dory in Finding Nemo, and she got her daytime talk show, which is what she's the most famous for today. So I'm just going to go through a little bit of a timeline of the allegations against her just so that we're on the same page. So on March 20th of this year, a comedian named Kevin T. Porter wrote a tweet saying Ellen is evil. Tell us all the insane stories you've heard about her being mean. So A bunch of people responded. It got 72,000 likes on Twitter so far. It basically went viral. And this is something that people have been whispering about for years. I mean, a lot of the weird, stupid private Facebook groups I'm in that talk about celebrity pop culture, this was something that came up time and time again. Anyone who's even slightly connected to the entertainment industry had heard these rumors that Ellen was not nice. So then on April 16th, Ellen... She had this big scandal where she didn't really tell her crew what was going on with the pandemic, and then she ended up hiring an outside crew and going around the union like she wasn't following union rules. She hired a tech crew that was completely separate from the people who've been working for her for years. And that created a huge issue as well. All summer, she had a few comments like she said weird things about quarantine. She said it was like being in jail. She had a really bad Black Lives Matter statement that people sort of took issue with because it was so vague and weird. Then in July, BuzzFeed published a few reports about workplace violations, which really have more to do with her executive producers, but she is the person on top, so she is responsible. After these stories came out in BuzzFeed, she wrote a letter apologizing for not being on on top of things in her workplace and it seemed like maybe it was going to go away but it didn't and it's just been a bad bad summer for Ellen but today it was announced that she's coming back her show's coming back she has no plans of stepping aside or retiring despite the fact that she's been on record as saying she was thinking about retiring back in 2018 but I think now she's deciding she's not going to go out on a bad note she's not going to go out with her tail between her legs she wants to stay on the show and she wants to keep it going now, I'm a little bit sensitive to allegations that women aren't nice because sometimes as a woman, you just are having an off day or you feel weird or awkward, and people kind of extrapolate that into, oh, she's not nice. Like, for instance, my friend Jess, who hopefully is listening right now, she's one of my best friends. And when we first met in sixth grade, she told me she liked my backpack. And she says, she says that I gave her a dirty look. And she just thought I was mean from then on until we got to know each other. And I didn't think I was giving her a dirty look. I just thought, oh my god, this girl's really cool. I can't believe she likes my backpack. And she thought I was being mean. And it's not Jess's fault and it's not my fault. It's just, you know, sometimes stuff gets lost in the sauce. Sometimes there are miscommunications and... A lot of the time we don't give women the benefit of the doubt in the way that we should. Now, one of the allegations against Ellen is that she got a waitress fired from her restaurant job for having chipped nail polish. Now, this has not been verified. If it's true, then of course it's on another level. But my point is that some people are just awkward. And maybe Ellen's just awkward. So this is Diva Behavior, and you know what we do on Diva Behavior. We look at the issue from every side, and we are sympathetic to our female celebrities who we talk about. And... I don't know this might make some of you guys mad because everyone seems to have already made their minds up about Ellen but I feel like she's a victim of her own branding she branded herself as the be kind lady and I think she felt like she had to do that because of her giant scandal where people were calling her the most immoral celebrity who ever lived back in the 90s you know in order for her to mount a comeback she had to become almost this like benevolent nun in the eyes of America and that's clearly just not who she is but it seems like she doesn't even realize that that's not who she is. So we'll get into all that. My guest today is Jennifer Keefe. Jen Keefe is an actor. You've seen her on Orange is the New Black and a few other things. Check out her IMDb. It's growing all the time. She's a friend of mine. She was on our Taylor Swift episode as well. You can follow her on Instagram at hey Jen HeyJenKeefe. If you're ever having a bad day, watch her dance music video for the song Like Mariah by Fifth Harmony. It's so good. It's just one of the most joyful things you'll ever see in your life. Follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Molly Moleshine. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the podcast, send them to info at divabehavior.com. And if you're feeling charitable today, please leave me a nice review and maybe a five-star rating. That would be really cool. All right. Enjoy this week's episode.
0: Some people think diva's a bitch. a diva to you?
1: Would you say, are you one? I never said that. I don't know Diva behavior. great, great gowns, beautiful gowns. <gasps> of
0: course, I don't trust you.
1: Diva behavior, the podcast. All right, I am here joined by Screen Actors Guild member Jennifer uh, Keith. Uh,
0: wow, Love that intro for me.
1: Today we're going to talk about Ellen. We're going to talk about all of the scuttlebutt and scandal surrounding Ellen Degeneres.
0: I'm so excited to talk about the scuttlebutt.
1: Basically, the, the issue right now is that everyone is saying Ellen is not nice. She's actually not a kind person. She's not a nice person. And there's two separate things that we need to talk about, which is the workplace violations and her actual personality. And yeah. After reading about her dad and reading about kind of the reason why she has this be kind mentality and the way that she sort of has avoided conflict even if it's from her critics or whoever she says you know I understand why they don't like me for being gay she literally said that back in the day i think the whole be kind thing comes from not wanting confrontation or conflict ever
0: yeah that's that's a an interesting way to to frame all of this yeah i, I don't i don't disagree what do you think about
1: all of this so do you think do you think ellen is evil this is the big thing that everyone says now that was the tweet from that one comic a few months ago he yeah. said ever the biggest Uh, worst kept secret in LA is that Ellen is evil. Please respond to this tweet with all of your proof. So Jen, what what do you make of this?
0: Uh, I guess my answer is yes, she might be evil. Evil is a strong word. I think she's definitely mean. So I had, the first time that I heard rumors about Ellen was 2012. I had just moved to New York City and I was staying with, um, a friend of a friend of a friend who's, you know, I, I don't want to implicate anyone, but they had a connection to the comedy world. And this friend of a friend of a friend, so they were performing at a comedy showcase. Ellen producers picked them out and said, hey, come write for the Ellen show.
1: Oh my God. That's like literally what everyone wants to happen when they're performing exactly. at some lame comedy showcase
0: right like this is the the dream and this person ended up leaving the show after less than a year because the the writing environment was such that they wanted to just destroy new people and they kind of only uplifted those that have been there since the beginning like the ogs so as a little wide-eyed bushy-tailed just landed in new york little queer BB hearing that someone voluntarily left a writing job on the Ellen show that they were plucked out of obscurity for this is unimaginable. And I thought, wow, it must be really, really bad. So that was the first time, eight years ago, when I heard a rumor about this.
1: That was really early for an Ellen rumor. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point, her show had been on, it started in 2003? 2000,
1: yeah, it had been on for a while.
0: Okay. I guess. Even before that. So in recent years, not so much. But for many years, I was a Kathy Griffin stan. So I've read all of her books and in one of her books she gives a veiled alleged account about a talk show host like kicking her out of a dressing room at the Emmys when Kathy was in a dressing room. Ellen wasn't even backstage yet but she sent people to like kick Kathy out of this dressing room even though Ellen wasn't using it just like she was physically around Ellen and they kicked her out because Ellen doesn't like Kathy Griffin. Um, Why? Why does Ellen dislike her so much? So fascinatingly now her criticism was always that Ellen's co- comedy shouldn't be about tearing people down and Kathy's act is about critiquing like run- critiquing no it's about her run-ins with celebrities and she kind of dishes about their quirks and sometimes a not positive light but it's not it's not mean so Ellen always thought that that comedy she didn't like that brand of comedy
1: i just feel like that's respectability politics in comedy like mm-hmm. It is so annoying whenever you hear another comic being like, "No, that's not the way you do it." You know. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember I saw something from a former writer, Benjamin. I mean, I can't imagine that this is the way you pronounce his name, but phonetically <laughs> it's Seaman, Benjamin Seaman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bless him. He <laughs> wrote. <laughs> he wrote a whole thread on twitter and it says if she doesn't like the monologue someone wrote that day she'll drop it on the floor and say i'm not saying that one word of this and it says someone wrote a joke with the phrase it's like pulling a rabbit out of a hat and she screamed at them do you know how painful that would be to
0: the rabbit so oh my god i don't doubt that
1: yeah she seems like she really is um kind of more into animals than people but takes it to another level i know a lot of people say that they like animals more than they like people but she sort of takes it to a different level and But I have to say, in terms of the Ellen is evil thing, I'm not convinced from what I've seen because Mm -hmm. I think, yes, there have been terrible workplace violations under her jurisdiction, but I think that might just kind of be typical boomer stuff. I mean, the stuff they describe, like I've worked at places that were barely better than that and- I don't know. It's I'm not saying it's okay or acceptable. I just think that this might be a case of her be kind mantra. Coming back to bite her, because if she didn't make her name out of being kind quote unquote, then no one would be surprised that the most one of the most successful daytime talk shows is one of the most demanding places to work. That shouldn't really be that surprising, you know
0: a hundred percent and when this when this controversy stirred up in the past couple months. I was, I'm much more inclined to believe the parts about uh, Ellen not looking at people in the eyes in the hallway. Ellen, you know, tearing up papers like that And parts about her personality are what I think are the, the issue here, and less about the, quote, toxic culture of being in a writer's room on, like you said, the most successful talk show in Los Angeles. The stories sound like any writer's room. Yeah. Late night or daytime, honestly.
1: Yeah. And again, we're not saying that makes it okay. Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. just a really hierarchical environment and it does need to change. But I do think that a lot of these stories about Ellen not making eye contact are getting wrapped up with the toxic workplace stuff and it's making it seem way, way worse than it actually is. Right. Now, what do you think about some of the stuff people have complained about on the show. Like, for instance, the way that she pranks people and jumps out and scares them. And the way that she kind of made Mariah Carey admit she was pregnant on the air. And then Mariah Carey ended up losing the baby weeks later. So
0: wild. Yeah. It's, It's so inappropriate. The Mariah Carey example is obviously the most egregious one. Um, something I think about a ton is the Dakota Johnson interview. Have you seen that?
1: Yes. So I, the Dakota Johnson interview is just really awkward for hard to get through. Yeah. For viewers who haven't seen it, it's basically Ellen saying, Oh, Dakota, why didn't you invite me to your 30th birthday? And she's like, Ellen, I did invite you and you just didn't come. And it's really awkward. But I also think Ellen kind of revels in awkwardness on her show. So there's part of me that thinks This was kind of consensual on both sides, awkwardness in a way, you know,
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: but I don't know. I just don't know.
0: That, that interview was so uncomfortable. She was just latching on to this, uh, narrative that Dakota didn't invite her to her birthday party, but I invited you to my birthday party. Why did you do that? And just the entire time Dakota stuck to her. Nope. You're invited. Why are we talking about this still? um yeah she another kind of similar uh Ellen being obsessed with something about one of her guests to this annoying and uncomfortable extent um I don't know what year it was but one of the interviews with Taylor Swift she puts up on the screen behind them all the photos of men that she's rumored to have been with and she um like has a buzzer that Taylor has to hit if she, if she's like, was really with them. You know, this is, Taylor is, this is at the end of the day, a young woman and you're making her talk about her entire like dating life to millions of people. And, and it's another interview where you could tell Taylor was as a guest really, really uncomfortable. And I wonder these segments, if they run them by the guests because everything in daytime and on late night all the segments are pre-produced we know that but some of these are like there's no way they got permission for this
1: yeah that's kind of torturous and you would think that ellen of all people would know what it's like to have your love life scrutinized in that way because she's been through it in a really really terrible way so that is really weird yeah i mean I think also, like you said with Kathy Griffin, the fact that she thought Kathy's humor was too mean, but her humor involves humiliating people on the <laughs> spot is really, really ironic. And
0: also ironic now, yeah. It's really, you know, hypocritical,
1: even though, like I said, I am not convinced that she's more evil than any other boss in Hollywood, but I, I guess the problem is that she's kept up this facade for so long of be kind, be kind, be kind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It, it's biting her. It's biting her in the bum. However, I don't, the, the story from the Twitter thread that absolutely shook me and I a hundred percent believe it. And this is, was the
1: Twitter thread that asked people to provide their own stories yeah. of Ellen being
0: uh, rude in the wild. Right. Right. The one about the server in LA with the chip nail polish. Yes. That is so deeply disturbing that an A++ list celebrity would go out of their way. For for viewers, listeners who don't know, one of the stories um, listed out in this Twitter thread about Ellen being mean was a server in LA was fired from her serving job because the day after she served Ellen at a table, Ellen apparently emailed the restaurant manager or owner and complained that the server had chipped Nail polish on her fingers. Do you think that's true? Yes. It the specificity specific. I don't know what the word is. Specificity. <laughs> what Molly said of these stories <laughs> is just you can't. On this Twitter thread, there may have been some bad apples trying to stir stuff and make up stories about Ellen that aren't true. But just the volume, the quantity of them, and the specific. I can't say that word. Molly, say it specificity the detail
1: orientedness,
0: (laughs) the detail orientedness of these stories. I I just, I think the true.
1: I'm going to, I think the jury's still out on that for me personally, but what I do believe is the, the stuff about her not wanting people to look at her or make eye contact with her. Now, Jen, you have worked on some pretty serious sets in your day. Have you ever experienced a celebrity uh, doing that saying no one's allowed to look at me?
0: No, no, but, but also I wasn't on any kind of set long enough that they would have given me a list of rules because they know I'm going to be gone soon. Um, but <laughs> no, nothing, I've, I've never had anything like
1: that. I've never had it either as a celebrity interviewer, but I guess that's because that <laughs> would de- defeat the purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I do, I do understand why some celebrities who are at her level of fame do, th- set that out in their rider as a condition of making an appearance somewhere because I think when you are that famous, people are staring at you from sunup to sundown everywhere you go. And it starts to grate on you after a while. Like, have you ever been on the subway and felt someone staring at you? It feels like you're naked. It feels like they have just ripped your clothes off of you and you feel so uncomfortable. Imagine that all day. So I do- sort of have sympathy for celebrities. But this was that.
0: not a stipulation of her being a guest on other shows. This was working on her own show. So her essentially her colleagues were not allowed to look at her.
1: Okay, yeah, that is different. That does take it to another I level. I can't
0: imagine like Trevor Noah, Stephen Colbert, you know, saying no one's allowed to look at me. Yeah. You know, that's that's a specific kind of Um, evil. I'm going to say it. Not letting your colleagues look at you.
1: I think what I'm taking away from this also is she might just be really, really awkward and weird to an extent that we did not previously know because she's really good at masking it because she's a comic. That's what we do. We do act different than what we really are. Like we, so many comics are socially awkward and they put on a facade on stage yeah. that they're approachable and nice and everything. And it's not that you're not nice. It's just that you're paralyzed with awkwardness. <laughs> like I've met so many big comics and tried to talk to them after their. Sh- I mean, that's probably just cause they're like, get away from me, but they can be really <laughs> awkward. But the thing, the other thing is like, Have you seen her episode of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld? Yes. She's so weird
0: in it. Yeah, she is. Which reminds me, I think... I mean, unsurprising as a queer woman, queer white woman, but I think that Kate McKinnon is just, like, an astronomical talent. And her episodes of Comedians in Cars was so awkward. So
1: weird. (laughs) It is so weird. I love that show, also. I know, like, I'm pretty sure we're not supposed to, I mean, maybe (laughs) it's not the coolest thing in the world to be, like, a giant Jerry Seinfeld (laughs) stand in this economy, but Mm -hmm. I love that show. And my favorite episodes are the ones with Alec Baldwin. I don't know
0: why. It's just- Oh my god. Edit that out. Edit that out. I know. (laughs) Edit out that Molly's favorite episode of Comedians in Cars with Jerry Seinfeld is Alec Baldwin.
1: It's just got such great tri-state energy,
0: you know? Oh, certainly, yeah.
1: It's like watching Goodfellas with no cursing. (laughs) So true. Yeah, it's the best. But okay- I think. When do you think was the beginning of the end for <laughs> Ellen's public image over this? I mean, it started with the pandemic, but I think it really started with uh, when she told us to be nice to George W.
0: Bush mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Kevin Hart. Mm, yeah, Kevin Hart. I hadn't thought about that. Those were certainly the the mainstream cracks in the veneer. For me, a crack in the veneer was. Iggy the dog, say it louder. Iggy the dog.
1: Okay, so Jen sent me this deranged vegan website, and I say this as a vegan. (laughs) So tell me what that was all about.
0: Share with me and the listeners what Iggygate is all about. In 2006, Ellen adopted a dog. She ended up giving the dog away to her hairdresser. And, um, the adoption organization got wind of this and were livid, absolutely livid that the dog did not end up in the home that they thought it was going to. And animal activists were very critical of Ellen's choice to give up the dog to a different home. And the adoption organization ended up taking the dog away rather dramatically from the hairdresser's home. Um that, that wasn't much it, t- totally totally i'll i'll get into that in a in a minute but for me what was it was when she was talking about this quote scandal on her show she was sobbing absolutely sobbing on her talk show about this and to me it didn't warrant that level of emotion it feels um, a little and- manipulative yeah, and for me, it was just plain weird. Um, and I remember thinking, "This is a grown person sobbing about this dog." It was it was just really weird to see. And the dog and was I fine. Remember, yeah,
1: dog was She's fine. Sobbing dog was because fine. she really was sobbing because the dog because she didn't get her way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. She is obviously a very committed animal activist and it probably hurt her heart very much to hear people saying she doesn't care about this animal i'll, I'll, I'll definitely give her uh that but that's i didn't that's fair think the incident warranted this display
1: yeah now if i wanted to build a case for ellen being a sociopath which I don't, mm-hmm. but if I did I would say this is reminiscent of Tony Soprano the f- way that the only time he could relate or show any emotion was with animals, whether it was the ducks in his yard or Pio Mai, the horse, the racehorse that he adopted. Are, have you seen The Sopranos?
0: I've only seen a few episodes, so oh. I don't know any any of these references Then
1: you gotta get on it. Again, the tri-state energy yeah oh. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the, it, it it was really a strange outsized reaction to a strange situation. I think there was overreaction on all sides. I don't think the animal shelter needed to take the dog away from her hairdresser.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, not at all. I mean, I think it, animal adoption agencies are so extreme um, and it's a, it's a little it's a little extra. It's a little extra.
1: Um, Yeah. I've heard of so many people trying to adopt a dog instead of buying from a breeder and they didn't pass the test. So they end up going to a breeder.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's the opposite. Yeah. There's a certain type of people that value animal life over human life. And that really, I don't jive with those people.
1: Yeah. It's weird. It's an overreaction for sure. For sure. Yeah
0: yeah um speaking of which highly recommend the 30 for 30 about michael vick's um pitbull scandal kind mm-hmm. of gets into that stuff um anyway okay sorry to get off track um i think you are absolutely right that the real time that or excuse me the the first time that we saw ellen in a different light as a mainstream society was the George Bush is my friend um, defense or was Kevin was Kevin Hart before or after that
1: believe it or not they were both in 2020 which is wow. absurd no way I'm pretty no sure way. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. My God. because
1: Kevin Hart was supposed to host the Oscars this year oh. um, and uh, if listeners don't recall he oh so she defended him in 2019, actually, he was supposed to host the Oscars, but a bunch of old tweets resurfaced where he had said homophobic things, unequivocally homophobic things, not even something that was on the line. It wasn't really something you could play off
0: as a joke. Yeah, they were bad. They were bad.
1: Yeah. So she basically was like, he's my friend, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, maybe he's changed, but also his apology didn't really make it seem like he- fully understood why the tweets were wrong and then the george w bush thing was in october of last year so they were both in 2019 both of those things
0: i have a hot take about the george bush thing when when those pictures and articles surfaced of her in the box with george bush at the dallas cowboys game the most egregious thing to me was not that she was sitting next to george bush it was that she was the official guest of the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, who's a, I mean, think of your caricature of a racist NFL white man, Owner. He's uh I mean the Dallas Cowboys organization, all the NFL organizations are evil, evil, evil. Except the, Dallas- the Eagles,
1: except through the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. They are working class heroes and they hate Donald Trump. So just need to add that.
0: That's right. I was reading an article about all of the NFL owners that have donated to Donald Trump's campaigns at various times, and the Eagles are not on it. Well,
1: see, <laughs> I mean, you're a Patriots fan, so I really appreciate you. Oh, edit the- that out.
0: Edit that out. I, I don't-
1: really appreciate <laughs> Appreciate you admitting that the Eagles are the only good NFL team. Thank you very much, Jennifer. I do not tell. This has been a great episode, everyone. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. Thanks
0: for having me. Yeah, I don't, I I do not bring that up unless uh, it's it's pulled out of me. But I'm a very objective Patriots fan. I want the listeners to know. Um, okay, yeah. When I, I was much more disturbed that Jerry Jones invited Ellen to be in his box, that that was if you're if you're that closely associating with the Dallas Cowboys owner, like you have some compromised values.
1: Right. I yeah. mean, yeah, I agree. My issue was not that she was being friendly to George W. Bush in the box, because honestly. I like to think that if I saw George W. Bush socially, I would tear him a new one. But really, right. actually, if I was just in a box at a football game and I saw him, would I – actually say something i don't know i won't know until i'm in that situation i think the thing that bothered me is yes what you're saying that is very troublesome and the fact that afterwards she had this sanctimonious speech about how everyone has to be nice to george w bush that was what bothered me i think if she had said look, what was I supposed to do? I'm at a football game. I'm someone's guest. I'm not going to ruin everyone's good time. But of course I disagree with him. If she had said that I would have been like, fair enough. But the fact that she defended even just being nice to him at all was just, and kind of made it like she's this enlightened person and none of us could possibly get it. So people were saying that this was class solidarity What do you think about that? Do you think the issue is that Ellen has just gotten rich and forgotten how to be a normal person, which is wild considering only 20 years ago she was blacklisted by these same people that are in power?
0: Yeah, yeah. She she is obsessed with the fact that A++ peeps love her. Um, And it, it all comes from sadly most likely a place of insecurity that at one time the whole world turned on her and now at one time the whole world adored her further proof of ellen's obsession with being a member of high society now and running in these a-plus list circles two sketches on her show that are very hard to watch are the segment where she takes a celebrity and they essentially trash a mall She has done this with Britney Spears and she's done it with Michelle Obama. And before any of the recent controversies when I was watching these... (laughs) The only thing Britney Spears and Michelle Obama (laughs) have in common in this world. I'll tell you a second thing they have in common. They clearly were both viscerally uncomfortable doing this sketch with Ellen so in the Michelle Obama one they are tearing through a CVS and just Ellen's you know knocking things off the shelf she's eating candy for free and the 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 whole bit is that we're celebrities and we can do whatever we want like it's really rudimentary and really arrogant and clearly Michelle I mean the whole thing is Michelle like cleaning up after her it's it's really problematic and uh michelle obama looks like physically
1: uncomfortable that um, is very strange because Ellen says in a lot of interviews and a lot of people say about her that she is a people pleaser at her core and she really just wants everyone to like her, which I think makes a lot of sense judging by the trauma that she's been through with being, you know, tarred and feathered because of her sexuality and everything. It would make sense that you would internalize that and become a people pleaser. But like, then there's this stuff that doesn't align with people pleasing at all and just sounds like elitism.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's clearly a comedy sketch. Like it's, it's, it's meant to clearly be a a caricature, but it's of, of, I can't, I can't see my queen Kelly Clarkson doing this as a sketch, you know, like there's just something about it. That's um, yeah. Really arrogant. You're right. Kelly Clarkson would never, she would just be like, are you kidding I have great positive tea on Kelly, but that might be for another podcast. Oh, tell it, tell it. Um, I went to a, a taping. I was a guest in the audience and this was in Of her talk March. Show? Yeah, this was literally the week before COVID. It was like March 4th. Um, I was in LA and part of what I did there was, was catch a taping. Um, beforehand, I was sitting in the lobby and... Um, I I got tickets through, like, a friend of a friend who who works on the show. So I got to be let in before everyone else. So I was in the lobby with just myself. And, um, you know, I was chatting a little bit with the guy working security at the front desk. And I was like, how's Kelly? Like, tell me everything. And he said she is the nicest celebrity he's ever met. Um, That's great. Yeah. And see, I saw her walking... Um, she was getting in getting in and out of an elevator and like the doors opened and she was waiting for the elevator and it and someone else was in the elevator so she like stepped aside and was like oh i'm so sorry go ahead and she's just i mean kelly is a, is a working class queen um And moral of the story, I can't see her trashing a CVS as a comedy segment.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So speaking of working class and class solidarity Mm -hmm. in general, one of the things that really troubled me that makes me because I don't want to come down on one side or the other with a judgment on Ellen. I really don't. I think there's way more to this story. I think people are taking a little too much joy in her downfall. I think the you know, the main message of this podcast is that we need to Look at women in the public eye as the multifaceted people that they are and not just tar them with labels like diva and brat and entitled and demanding. But the one thing that really, really, really struck me the wrong way, if out of all the recent news that came out, was the way that she did not keep her employees abreast of what was going on with the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. And the way that she hired a non-union production crew to come in because, you know, one of the best things about the entertainment industry, TV and film in the US is that it is a union driven industry and people, I mean, I never had a lunch break in my life that was enforced by my bosses until I worked on the TV sets, you know, like That was not a thing for me when I was making really good money at any publication. There was no enforcement of, hey, you need to go take lunch now. It was, hey, let's all sit at our desks and eat a sad salad. So I am a big fan of the way that unions get things done in the entertainment industry. And obviously no system is perfect, but it's better than many other industries that I've worked in before and I've worked in a lot. And I think it's really uncool that she sort of undermined the unions on her set. What's your thoughts on that?
0: It comes down to, I I would love to know what her true level of involvement is in production and coming up with segments. From what I've read, the disgruntled staffers say that she's way too involved to let things go on. Um, So if that's true, she definitely should have been clued in to the fact, hey, me hiring non-union production who are not my colleagues who are furloughed, not making any money during a global health pandemic um, is is unacceptable
1: right because the people who've been working with her for months or years were furloughed and or unsure of whether their jobs still existed, and she was hiring like we said, this non-union tech company basically to come, which is really a, it's a pretty sneaky way of getting around the union rules to say, oh, well, this is a tech operation now, so we don't have to follow the union rules.
0: It's so, so weird that I'm skeptical that she knew about it because who, um, if you're, if you're an A-list talk show celeb, It doesn't behoove you. It makes no difference to you to save a couple cents on a non-union crew. And why not work with people you already work with? Why wouldn't you prefer that? That is so true. It really, yeah. And, you know,
1: she made $87 million in 2018 off of her show. That's the estimate. That's the Forbes estimate, which we know we've gotten, we know they've gotten it wrong before, you know, like- Mm -hmm. Kylie's not a billionaire and you know, they tend to overestimate a little bit, but suffice it to say she's worth a lot of money and she brings in her show brings in a lot of money. There is just, like you said, no need for penny pinching on yeah. the production staff. So I think another big reason why she's experiencing this huge backlash right now is because the pandemic and the ensuing protests, which we'll get to her black lives matter statement in a minute. Cause that was insane. Also the, this whole moment in time has been an eat the rich moment, finally, where we are sort of any celebrity who makes a move, we're looking for a reason to bring them down right now, you know? Even more so than usual. Like we saw it at the beginning with, what's her face, Vanessa Hudgens doing that video where she was like, people are gonna die, remember that? In the That's a really video. good
0: impression.
1: She was like, isn't that just natural? Oh my God, <laughs> and everyone was like, oh no. And I kind of felt bad for her because she seemed high, but then there was <laughs> the Imagine video that everyone got so mad about. Oh it's, man, yeah. It's not a good time to come across as an out-of-touch celebrity. And with Ellen sort of skirting around the union rules and that another thing she got in trouble for was that she said being locked down was like being in jail. Yeah. 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 So do you think that part of this backlash is just symptomatic of that mood that's been going on for the last For
0: sure, years? for sure. Yeah, that's that's a playing a part. Playing a part.
1: Yeah. I think it's that and I think it's also her be kind. Yeah, her Alley, brand. Mm-hmm. She trapped herself. She put herself in a cage of be kind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like if David Letterman's motto was <laughs> be kind to women, you would see a supercut. <laughs> Have you ever watched the supercuts of his interviews with women? It's, yeah, it's disgusting. Terrible. Yeah. You know, if he if that if he made his brand <laughs> being remotely respectable to women he would be eviscerated but it wasn't his brand
1: yeah that's true you're so right his brand was sort of pervy beta male so it
0: worked yes that is a great summation of david (laughs) letterman pervy beta male
1: Yeah. And you know, yeah, I think that's part of it. But yeah, her Black Lives Matter statement. Do you remember this? I don't even know what
0: it was. And I think that says everything that I, that I don't even know what you're talking about. You
1: must have seen something about it because it was right in the beginning when the George Floyd protests were starting. The statement she issued was for things to change, things must change. That was part of it. It was Mm this mealy mouthed tweet that was basically like love and unity and togetherness and blah, 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 blah. And for things to change, things must change. And everyone was like, are you joking?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's it? hmm
1: So she really has been – it's been snowballing.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's all of these things. It's that it's coming out that she's not so kind and her brand is Be Kind – Uh, it's a global pandemic and we have not a whole lot else we have more time to dissect what celebrities are saying what else is it um it's been I think yeah she she started in 2018
1: with this comedy special saying I don't want to be the be kind girl anymore and she sort Mm -hmm. of got what she wanted be careful what you wish for
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yep Uh, I want to rewatch that now post all these allegations yeah it's a confluence of of things since i did hear so long ago about her show is not the nicest place to work um i do think a little bit of it is is her doing and it's not only um that her her brand is a mismatch between who she is and that it's a pandemic
1: yeah I think that is a lot of it. And do you? how much of it do you think is being driven by misogyny and or homophobia?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't even talked about that. Yeah, I kind of hinted at how I kind of feel about that with the David Letterman stuff. Like any of those talk show guys from the 90s and early aughts and today I'm sure their workplace cultures are worse than the Ellen show but I do yeah there's certainly a a double standard I saw on Facebook I logged on to Facebook for I I honestly don't know why I just want to disclaim that I don't use Facebook anymore (laughs) but I, I logged on like a baby boomer and I saw like a guy that I met once. That sounds so weird. (laughs) He was a a friend in New York who um, is originally from Iowa. You know, he's a military combat vet. You know, we have very different life experiences um, is what I'm trying to say. Um, And he had posted that he recently bought a Subaru. So, all of his friends commented, you know, really homophobic things about Subarus because it's definitely a, a true stereotype that lesbians love Subarus. Like, that's true. but the Is it true? Are, yeah, 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 100%. Well, because they're really functional.
1: Yeah, Subarus are good. You can put a yeah. lot of stuff in them.
0: Yeah. Straight people love Subarus too. I mean, they're they're very good cars. I don't have one, but um, I know a lot of people that love them and are straight. Mm-hmm. Um, but where am I going with this? uh
1: homophobic jokes about the subaru
0: yes yes i saw so many homophobic jokes about what lesbians are like oh you're gonna are you gonna um braid your armpit hair now dude and i think that little twitter trolls in the midwest love to see an ellen fail
1: Mm mm-hmm yeah. yeah. I was looking back at some of the things that conservative pundits were saying about yes. her when she first came out and it was terrible. If anyone wants to watch the her appearance on Oprah, where she talks about coming out, there are a few clips of people just being like, it's not right. It's not right to push this and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's insane that that was going on so recently. I mean, it's not that insane. I remember it, you know, but yeah. it's just- yeah, I think and I think where the misogyny and homophobia really come into play is with her construction of her persona after her blacklisting. I think that her being blacklisted for coming out as a gay woman, that is the reason why she s- had to set up this impossible standard for herself to live up to because people yeah. thought that I mean not that many people, but a vocal enough minority of conservative people thought that she was an immoral bad person. So for her to come back onto TV, she had to be warm and fuzzy and kind and nice. She couldn't the most
0: palatable.
1: Yeah, she had to be this sort of benevolent, asexual, virgin figure in order to come back. And she couldn't be the totality of herself as a person. And her comedy has never been able to be that. She doesn't have dark jokes. Her most recent special was probably the darkest that she's ever done. So I think she's probably got a lot of rage about that. I mean... Oh, yeah. He's probably really angry that she. The only way for her to really get back into show business in two thousand three was to be Dory from Finding Nemo.
0: <laughs> oh my god! I never realized that that was the same year. Dory was the same year as. Oh, I don't know if it was show. No, two thousand three sounds right.
1: Let me see. I know the show was two thousand three. Finding Nemo was two thousand three. Wow, she really had a great comeback that year yeah
0: ABC they they were all in yeah that's awesome but Walt Disney
1: but yeah I think that's the thing is that she had to set an impossible standard for herself because of the way society works and because of the way that we treat women in the public eye and the way we treat gay women in the public eye she she could not be the totality of who she is which brings us to Rosie O'Donnell who seems like she was a little bit more who she is post coming out
0: but she never had that show when she was out correct right Right.
1: so she had her tv show rosie um was a huge hit in the 90s and one of her running jokes was that she was in love with tom cruise Cruise. yeah she was like very much in the closet i i guess and then after she came out she that's when she started on the view and she was like the head honcho on the view. She was the whoopee now. Mm -hmm. And she Mm -hmm. was the one who, who, who sort of um, was the air traffic controller of like, now we're going to commercial. Now we're doing this. Now we're doing that. And she was not shy about arguing with people. She was not shy about being negative on screen and talking about politics and having conflict. And I don't, I guess that didn't really work out that well for her. Right
0: no no but the view never works out well for anyone yeah that's probably true um but you're right rosie as a brand didn't hit the stratosphere like ellen's brand did right um i'll always remember rosie's when do you remember when kelly ripa called into the view when <laughs> oh my god Molly, you have to look this up so, Clay Aiken was on Regis and Kelly. Uh-huh. and um something happened where Clay kept um, he didn't like something Kelly was saying and was trying to shush her, and he took his hand and covered her mouth, and Ooh. Kelly said, "No, no, no, I don't know where your hands have been." Oh. And on the view the next morning, rose is talking about how homophobic homophobic that is me as a queer i don't think that was a homophobic remark i think he was being a chauvinistic pig and physically shushing a woman yeah. and that's disgusting yeah um and kelly is is a jersey queen an icon mm-hmm. and has always been an ally and kelly Rippa gets wind. That the view is talking about this segment and Rosie's tearing her apart and Kelly Rippa calls in live and they patch her in and she like eviscerates Rosie. <gasps> um, What'd yeah, you, you, say? you just Rosie, you know me personally. How the heck could you think that I meant anything by that? And just, just denying any um speculation that this was a homophobic jab
1: yeah wow and then what did rosie say
0: i think she kind of um back down a little bit um but i don't really remember
1: I do feel for Rosie, even in that situation, because I I think she was probably wrong, but I think she's always she was always being cast in this antagonistic role against petite, blonde, femme women, and yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. terrible place to be in, in terms of the American public liking you or disliking yeah, you.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: You know, yeah. she had her long-running feud with Elizabeth Hasselbeck, which... Certainly didn't
0: help her image either. Not hard to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And who likes Elizabeth Hasselbeck, you know? Like she never, yeah. I mean, so it just, I feel for Rosie. And I think it is interesting to compare her career trajectory to Ellen's because I kind of, I guess it proves that it proves what we already know, which is that women can't really, it's really hard to be fully yourself in the public eye and stay famous and successful. And that's doubly true if you're a queer woman. And if you're a woman of color, it's triply true. You know, it's just like, it's really hard. Let's talk about which celebrities have defended Ellen. Oh, yeah. So I have a list here. Scooter Braun, Katy Perry, Ashton Kutcher, Jerry O'Connell, Diane Keaton, Alec Baldwin, and (laughs) her DJ, Stephen Boss, DJ Twitch.
0: Oh, okay. So with the exception of Twitch, obviously all um, seismically famous people that have no common experience with normal folks. And it makes perfect sense that Diane Keaton is like, I've never had a bad experience with Ellen. Of course you haven't.
1: I'm surprised. Actually, she surprises me the most because she never weighs in on anything approaching this you're
0: so that's so right i hadn't thought about that
1: but also now that i say that i'm like okay diane keaton also has voiced her support for woody allen numerous times so actually maybe this is a little bit of a pattern for her
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: she only weighs in when it's a super villain
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so um what's her name crazy ex-girlfriend rachel bloom um had a a really insightful tweet that she has the um, experience of having been in a lowly writer's room and also having been the guest on a major talk show. And she said, obviously the experience is very different. Um, So it's, it's possible that it's unpleasant to be in the Ellen show writer's room while these people like Katy Perry are like, oh, Ellen's awesome and nothing... She's never said a bad word. You know, like... I think it speaks volumes that the the people most vocally defending her are are hugely famous.
1: There are also people who maybe, maybe not, would want a hosting gig of their own should she Uh start to make moves toward retiring, such as Mm -hmm. Ashton Kutcher, Katy Perry, and Jerry O'Connell. Like, couldn't you see them sort of... Be so boring. Whatever their current talent is supposed to be hosting?
0: Yeah, yeah. That would be so boring. You emailed me that you heard Kristen Bell is gunning for the job. Is that true?
1: That is a rumor. It's a rumor. And I think she's got that similar sort of squeaky clean image that Ellen is now falling from grace. I would compare her image a little bit to Kelly Ripa's, right? Kristen Bell's? Yeah, but a little more squeaky clean because Kelly Ripa's got some sass. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kristen Bell um yes certainly squeaky clean she's funny yeah i i i had heard um them maybe bumping up kelly to her spot which i i don't think would work like kelly's still finding her way and and even though her show has been super successful which I didn't see coming as her number one fan I didn't expect this um I don't think that she could immediately jump into Ellen's spot I do think you need someone even more uh A-list honestly
1: yeah I want to see Kelly do her own thing too I just love her I think she's so cool and I would rather see her pave her own way instead of just sort of stepping into a role that has already been sort of predetermined
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm worried about that because they're both NBC shows and there are a lot of similarities between their shows. Like Mm. here on Kelly, it's like, here's the guest. Okay. Now here's the social justice guest. And now here's the um, found footage of a good deed. Like it it follows the the Ellen formula very uh, closely. And I'd love to see her even deviate a little more from that. I mean, it's it's way more, thank God, it's less polished. Like, Kelly's personality comes through um, way more than Ellen's.
1: Yeah. So, I think in my perfect world, I would see Ellen stay on, but yeah. be her entire complex self.
0: Yeah, I, I actually don't want her to leave because of this.
1: Yeah, same. I don't think yeah. she should. I think she should definitely stop circumventing union rules. I think she should <laughs> clean house with her producers because clearly But she did. Yeah, yeah, cuz clearly they were letting a lot of terrible things go on and we don't have any proof whether or not she knew about the more sleazy and tawdry things that were alleged. <laughs> we don't, we don't know. I would like to see her be a real person, but I guess the problem is when you are when you do let the for lack of a better word, villainous parts of your personality show as a talk show host, then your Bethany mm. Frankel or Chris Jenner, and they both lasted only one season.
0: I didn't even know that Chris Jenner had a talk show. What network was it on?
1: Right. I don't even remember. It was, she tried it for like a year, and then she, I guess, it just didn't yeah. go well. Heck because no. It's weird too, because Ellen doesn't have a sunny disposition. She's sort of dry.
0: Yes. I separate from everything that's come out this year when you're watching that show there is a palpable sense of this woman is is not enjoying herself this is a joyless experience it's very robotic you know you can almost count the second count down until three two and our friends at shutterfly are giving you like it's it's she looks bored and even before this stuff came out i thought man why doesn't she leave she has so much money um maybe she's in a contract she can't get out of probably not she's powerful she could get out of any contract and um, she's expensive yeah yeah um for for many years this is her her hosting has come aco- across as joyless and i i the only reason I think she may leave is this just is like the tip of the iceberg, on top of her already being done with this talk show.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's true. But I also think she wouldn't want to leave on such a down note.
0: Yes, totally. Also, I realize I used the wrong metaphor. Not tip of the iceberg. Straw, last straw on the camel's back.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. You had a little <laughs> Ramona moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally, Burning totally. A
1: mountain out of a hole mill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But yeah, I would, I don't want to see her go. I want to see a complex woman hosting a talk show. I guess the last time we had that, it was Oprah. Oprah really managed to show many sides of herself without ever coming across as you know rude or mean I think she but yeah. she's, a, she's just a rare breed no one else is gonna be like Oprah I guess because Oprah's kind of a weirdo she's kind of like a huge <laughs> freak when you really like if you really watch a lot of her stuff back to back she's freaking weird and yeah she's weird she's
0: awkward mm-hmm. yeah
1: that's why she's a joy to watch Oprah is someone who fully embodies her own brand that she's created for herself but what we're seeing with this controversy is that Ellen doesn't fully embody her brand she sort of puts it across as a facade but it's the mask is slipping a little bit if she did then she wouldn't have this palpable boredom that you're describing um
0: so the consensus is we don't want ellen to leave
1: yeah please ellen stay we like you i mean i (laughs) like her i feel like it's just so hard anytime you talk about women being nice it's just so fraught and it's so unfair because we never Mm -hmm. ever talk about men being nice and at the same time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ellen created this cage
0: for herself. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like picturing picturing her in the the Miley Cyrus Can't Be Tamed cage right now. I do want to say, did you read her apology statement?
1: No. Well, it's, probably, but it was probably so bland I
0: forgot. Yeah. yeah, the the um subtext was people aren't doing their jobs. People that aren't me aren't doing their jobs and that's why this happened. Um, I think when celebrity scandals happen, 99% of them wouldn't happen if the celebrity actually apologized. Kevin Hart, prime example. I fully believe that people should grow and develop in the span of 10 years, and someone could say horrible things 10 years ago, homophobic remarks, and grow in that decade. I think that is true, of someone like kevin hart but when it's time for you to apologize don't phrase it in a way that you're on the defense just own up to it and in ellen's apology she really did not own up to it
1: she sort of passed the buck
0: yeah yeah it was awful
1: and the fact that she said they weren't doing her job, she's just enforcing this hierarchy that clearly doesn't work. Right. She. So there was a quote in that New York Times story from 2018, which is so wild how much it predicts what happened without knowing it. So – Um, the writer asked her about tabloid stories featuring anonymous complaints that she isn't always kind to those she works with. So I guess this was starting to bubble up back in 2018, which I didn't realize. And she said, she's talking about her show and she goes, that bugs me if someone's saying that because it's an outright lie. The first day, as in the first day working on her show, I said, the one thing I want is everyone here to be happy and proud of where they work. And if not, don't work here. (laughs) <laughs> no one is going to raise their voice or not be grateful, that's the rule to this day. So that says it all. It's like, yeah, totally, who could ever raise a complaint in that environment? She's basically saying you have to be happy to work here. And if not, don't work here. That's insane. She's Mm -hmm. saying, don't ever complain. Don't ever raise anything up the flagpole. Leave if you don't like it. And she's framing that as being nice. Yeah.
0: that's. (laughs) I didn't expect that to be the second half of that sentence. I (laughs) thought it was going to be like, if anyone, I said on the first day, if you ever have a problem, take it straight to me, you know? Yes the opposite.
1: Yeah. No one's going to raise their voice or not be grateful. What does that even mean?
0: You just have it so good that if you think you don't, you could leave.
1: Yeah. It's not great. It's really not great. But it really does. It it goes back to that quote she said about her dad saying he was a fearful man. He couldn't hear or engage with anything not pleasant. I think Ellen is probably going to be doing a lot of therapy where she maybe comes to the conclusion that you have to engage with things that aren't pleasant or else all of this unpleasantness is following you in your wake wherever you go. And because you're not engaging with it, it's just growing and growing and growing. And then this catastrophe happens to your career.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I resonate with that as a a fallen Catholic. I know she's Christian Scientist, but the notion of don't engage with anything pleasant, people thinking that makes things more pleasant is flawed.
1: Yes, it's very flawed. It's <laughs> literally just repressing all of your pain. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Wait, I want to dissect the semantics of how she described her dad. He was a what man? A fearful man. That is such a... He was a fearful man. He didn't want to engage with anything unpleasant. Like, that sounds yeah. like Nathaniel Hawthorne quoted.
1: Yeah, Uh, like it's very weird. She said he was kind and cautious, someone who wanted above all else for things to be harmonious.
0: Yeah, that straight up sounds like a a Puritan, like good wife breeding advice Mm -hmm. book from this. 1600s
1: it sounds like michael shannon in boardwalk empire the prohibition agent
0: (laughs) totally totally (laughs) another reference i don't get i'm so sorry Sorry, i need to i I know nothing no it's not you it's me i i need to be more informed
1: no i need to watch less hbo (laughs) never never okay so what have you learned from ellen's story and her most recent you know scuttlebutt and scandal
0: as Mm -hmm. we said I know the ultimate thesis here is that Ellen is neither good nor evil, rather, she's a complex human being um in a way that women in the public eye and women in general are not let to be but i do think if she was truly kind to everyone she met like many of us are this wouldn't be happening Mm. um and and literally it's it's just so ironic i mean the motto of her show be kind to one another it's such a simple tenet that everyone can do and i do think a major piece of this controversy is she wasn't kind to to everyone she met it's so easy to be nice i have i i have a text thread with one of my friends who's an actor and we're constantly sending back and forth stories like horror stories about celebrities and actors misbehaving and we're like why are these people famous and we're not like we can't wait to to be in an article where they're talking about how someone's talking about how nice we were to deal with on a set like it's just so easy to be kind to servers, be kind to doormen, be kind to security guards and bouncers, and especially in Hollywood, not Again, everyone is. That's because
1: you're nice.
0: I think <laughs> I the stories about Ellen go beyond not being nice. Like, they're okay. proactively mean.
1: But sometimes I feel like I do that even though I don't want to. I feel like I want to be nice to everyone, but I probably accidentally roll my eyes when someone says something stupid or I probably don't make enough eye contact because I'm freaking awkward, you know? So that- But it's
0: different from you like stipulating to all of your employees, at any of the places where you've worked, having a, a code of conduct that they can't look at you. They can't look at you. Yeah, I know. This is this, there's there's a proactivity to this behavior and that's where it gets unacceptable for me.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: It's not just, oh, she was kind of cold to me once when she ordered coffee, you know. Yeah. It it goes way beyond that.
1: Yeah, cuz some people are just cold, but those people also don't make be kind to one another their life motto. <laughs> Like Uh
0: if you if if you
1: know you're a little frosty of a person, then your motto should probably be give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I guess it's self-awareness is really important. And I also think the main thing that I feel about Ellen is I wish she would let go of these old school hierarchies of, you know, I have designated these executive producers to be in charge of everything. Mm. And if they don't, they are failures. And don't ever complain about your job because it's not something people want to hear. These are the old boomer mentality that we are leaving behind in the last decade that should have died in the 90s and we're not doing that anymore i think it's really important for every workplace and i've upheld that mentality in workplaces that i've been in just because it's the way that it's always been and when you work with older people who believe in that it's the it's what's expected of you and if you do raise people's complaints up the flagpole you will get punished or penalized so i think that's the real important thing in this like the most egregious issue for me is the workplace stuff and i just hope she's going to get a handle on that and run her workplace in a kinder manner but also again like you said no man is being held to this standard no man in tv is being asked whether his workplace is being run in a kind way based on these allegations ellen is one of the biggest divas that we've covered on this podcast
0: wow wow yeah. That's saying something.
1: I know. Okay, well, Jen, thank you so much for coming on and providing your Thank you, your Molly. Thanks,
0: malls. Some people
1: think Diva's a bitch. Is a Diva
0: to you? Would you say,
1: are you one? Oh. I never said that. I don't know diva behavior. Great, great
0: gowns, beautiful gowns.
1: <gasps> of course, I don't trust you. Diva Behavior, the podcast.